0: Gotham to Tokyo Podcast. Presented by the Hello everybody, and thank you very much for joining another episode of The Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Tony, coming at you more with the shit that you love. Today, we have an interview with an up and coming producer and member of a Tokyo based metal band, as well as, of course, more music coming out of the great city of Tokyo. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Bands of Tokyo. first band to be featured today is a post-black metal and post-hardcore band coming out of Tokyo and they are called Asu no Jokei. Formed in 2014, the band released their first album in 2018 and then this past spring released their split EP Nocturne. Off of their 2020 split EP Nocturne, this is Stardust by Asu no Okay Again, that was Asunonjoke with Stardust off of their 2020 split, Nocturne. You can find the band on Bandcamp as well as Spotify and YouTube. Sticking with black metal, our next band is a Tokyo based two person black metal band called BA Black Battle Quake. Not much is known about this band, except they take a lot of influence from the Norwegian and European brand of 90s black metal, and to date have released a few EPs under the name BA Black Battle Quake, off of their 2020 EP, Soul Eater of Insanity. This is Soul Eater of Insanity. Again, that was B.A. Black Battle Quake with Soul Eater of Insanity off of their 2020 EP, Soul Eater of Insanity. The third and final band to be featured this week is the band that features the guest for this week's podcast, Mr. Zach Hero, of the band Ask I Fall. Ask I Fall is a Tokyo-based metalcore band who will release their mini-album Chroma. This is is the single off of Chroma called chromasthesia, which you can find on YouTube as well as Spotify. This is Ask I Fall with Chromastesia. <laughs> Ask I Fall with Chromasticia, off of their upcoming mini-album, Chroma. And now, today's guest, Mr. Hiro of the band Ask I Fall, we talk about everything from music to life in Japan, and everything in between. Enjoy! Zach, thank you so much for coming on here today. Could you just take a minute to tell everyone about yourself and what it is that you do here in Japan?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I came to Japan five years ago to be a music producer and like two years ago, I finally could open my studio uh, in Chiba area, in Chiba prefecture. So that's it mainly. (laughs)
0: So, mainly now you do recording as a job with your recording studio? Is that what you mainly do right now in, you said, Chiba? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so that's my, that's my only job. I had to quit my previous uh-huh. jobs. I, I used to have like a lot of different Baito and also proper job before. Right. And I had to quit because the studio was working better than I expected, which uh-huh. I was happy. But from my experience in France, I I expected it would take more time to work, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the studio stuff. So yeah, so like now it's been almost like a, yeah, more than one year that I'm doing just the studio, like uh, just working in the studio. It goes from uh, recording, mixing, mastering, writing song, arranging songs. Uh, anything that people, uh, anything related to music or to sound engineering.
0: Right. So can you tell me a little bit about what your musical background is in, you know, France or Japan? Just tell me a little bit about what your musical history has been like.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, um, well, it's going to be long stuff. Uh, well, when I was in France, I began to play music when I was 14 or 15 year old. 14 years old, I began to play guitar and I directly switched to electric guitar and like three months after I began to play guitar, I got involved into playing in a band to play um, Japanese metal, Japanese rock music. Right. Uh, Like it was cover and also some original songs Hmm. and we had to cancel the concert at last minute (laughs) but it was like, you know, we're just young and stuff. Right. Yeah, that was a good experience and then like right after that uh, I begin to play like a big music festival in France um, with my band because we were playing like kind of Japanese stuff so it was very exotic and stuff Mm. and since then like uh, I got like a lot of bands uh, for like five years like uh, until I was 21 or 22 I had like maybe I don't know more than fifteen bands at all. Like right. you know, it, it was like some stuff were like for like two years having a band for two years. Sometimes it was right. like just you know three months. Right,
2: right, right.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. But I, I got like a lot of uh, a lot of experience like uh, like that. And with some bands we never performed. With some bands we performed like many European tours and stuff like right. this. So, uh, yeah, and then after that, like, uh, yeah, I decided to save some money to come to Japan because uh, I was almost a music producer, I would say. In France, I was beginning to do that. I could make money. I could make a living with that, but it took time. And then I was like, "Yeah, let's go to Japan." and I didn't expect that it would be that much difficult, but it was basically uh, starting over because, like, you know, I had no network there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so I just, I just started everything over and. Uh, just see, yeah. Let's see how it goes, and uh, that's why, like, it took me. It took me like uh, three years to to make my studio. And you know, when you just arrived in Japan, I was also like partying a lot and stuff, <laughs> and enjoying Japanese life,
0: yeah, of you know, course, yeah.
1: making friends. Honestly. Yeah, that's how it goes, right? <laughs> I, I almost, I didn't do that much music, like, for three years when I just arrived in Japan. I did like two concerts or something like this,
2: mm. and
1: then, like, uh, yeah. Like, I decided like two years ago, well, I came to Japan to be a music producer. So let's go back to the main goal. <laughs> okay. And that's where I am now.
0: All right. So could you tell me a little bit like why you decided to go into recording rather than playing as your main job here in Japan? Oh I
1: play in bands. Um, uh, right, right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I have a metalcore band right now that uh, we are just launching right now, actually. Like we just released our first music video like uh, this week, hmm. and um, the band is called Ask I Fall, and I'm the bassist, back vocal, and uh, I'm producing also the band. Right. And yeah, and um, yeah. So I I always wanted to at the beginning I was ju- I just begin to be into that because I was feeling like it was kind of easy to do that kind of stuff, and I, I was feeling bad to pay someone pretty expensive for, I was feeling like maybe I can do it and then step by step I begin to learn like a, uh, each step how to do and stuff uh, and also like um, for like five years when I was in front, like be, before being a proper producer let's say, uh, I always worked with many other producers and I think like all artists can understand that but like when you send your your track to get mixed to any any sound engineer, or like when you work with any sound engineer or anything, it's really difficult to make him to understand your direction, your identity, and those kind of stuff. And I was really feeling like, uh, yeah, you know, like I want to have my sound, you know, like there's always like, sometimes I worked with amazing producers, like uh, from uh, Canada, from Italy, from New Zealand and stuff like this. And I was still in Mm -hmm. France, you know, like, we are recording the tracks in France and then sending everywhere in the world uh, to get mixed and stuff. So it was with huge producers sometimes, like people who worked with very big names and stuff. Wow. But still, like, even if the sound was amazing or very well produced and whatever, like, there's always something you feel like, ah, I wouldn't have done this like this or whatever. Right. Or like, oh, I would have prepared the snare to be more like this and this and like all those small details. And also, like when you write a song, you know exactly how it's supposed to sound, kind of. So, I try to study like uh, a lot. It took me a long, 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 long time. It's a long path to learn of that, uh, like uh, you know, reading books, like uh, like dictionaries, you know, like
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I just to understand like very basic stuff, but um, but at least now I'm happy about uh, about what I'm doing, and I'm happy that I can produce my own songs exactly how I want and with. Uh, quality that I'm, happy and I'm proud of.
0: Right. So you talked about recording, mm-hmm. that's your main job. So can you tell me a little bit about what your style, what's your technique, what's your type of recording is and how that kind of works for you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, um, like in the studio, I do, I do records, of course I do a uh, recording, like, but it's not the main. Uh, my main activity, my main activity is a bit more like uh, mixing and mastering and editing. So, for example, I'm working with some artists and bands in France. You know, they are sending me their tracks. I mix, master, blah blah. Uh, some artists here in Japan. Sometimes they come to the studio to record, but my studio is a bit far. Mm. Uh, as it's in Chiba, you know, like uh, many artists is mm. like, Why wow, it's far." <laughs> uh yeah, we can understand that it was a choice. Like I couldn't do that in to- inside of Tokyo. Yeah, um, but at least like yeah, I try to do like competitive rates, so mm-hmm. that's why some people want to come to record with me. Right. But mainly, mainly, I do more mixing and mastering about recording. Like, uh, um, I, I worked with um, so back in France when I decided to be a music producer in Japan. I worked with uh, with a music producer called uh, Julien Collier okay. well, he's not really famous, let's say, but. Uh, he works for a lot of uh, big names in France, wow. but more for rap music mm. rap and stuff like this. And uh, he's working with like all the number the number ones in France. He's working for them. He's more like a beat making and mm-hmm. mix, and, like sound engineer, producer, basically. Yeah, that's really cool. And he's working for them and stuff. And uh, for some reason, like as we are from the same city and like uh, we know for a long time, he was like, yeah, I would love to help you to, help to open your studio and stuff. Yeah, so, so he helped me a lot to to open my studio here in Japan, and um, and yeah, like uh, so basically, like uh, he he helped a lot of people like in France and in Europe to open their studio, right. and uh, they all have the same name, which is called the uh, Fuchs Cartel.
0: Fuchs Cartel, okay.
1: And that's and that's why my studio is called Fuchs Cartel Japan, okay. because I also want to do like uh, in the future like management of artists. Yeah. And, and stuff like this. Right now I can't, even for my band, I cannot do it, because uh, we we are like, um, we're a bit stuck with the with the live stuff, like the live. But, um, but we definitely, I'm definitely, like, I'm doing already, like, management for my band at least, and for other projects, I'm also going to do management, and uh, yeah, that's something I want to do too, and uh, yeah, just to go back to the question you asked me about my Style of recording—it's really uh, same style as um, as uh, as what he is doing. Uh, basically, he taught me um, an easy way to work and an easy way to produce a good professional quality sound. Okay. He works uh, mainly with um, uh, with audio interface, so he used a little. He used sometimes some preamp and stuff or auto tune, but that is not. Uh, He's never using like a big stuff, like you know, big studio you see, like usually, like in the US or you know, the the you see them in the in the um, in the movies, you know. Like basically, he every all the studio he open is like uh, basically one table, one computer, one audio interface, and let's go, and like one microphone, (laughs) and that. So it's really like uh simple, but very efficient and um. Yeah of course like some preamps, I have some preamps but I most of the time don't even use them because like I have everything I need on inside of my computer and uh, I really work with uh, analogic, analog, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, like uh, how do you say, uh, uh, simulation uh, and stuff for example, simulation of amplifiers, simulation of drums and stuff like this and I always work like this because you have, uh, it's so much easier to work with that kind of stuff Mm. and you have way much more potential to work like that Mm. and um, you can easily give uh, like uh, i work a lot on the post-production process Mm. that's what i mean more than uh yeah recording for me is like very easy step Mm. and then where i do my when the magic happens for me is really like the post-production process where i add everything and make it sound amazing
0: yeah awesome (laughs) All right, so Zach, could you tell me a little bit about what type of music you're into, your favorite bands and artists? Just explain a little bit.:
1: Well, yeah, sure. Um, well, when I was younger, I was not really having like uh, my own identity about uh, my own music. Like I begin to be like a self-conscious about what I really like by myself without thinking about my parents or my family, And I begin to be around. I know 12 or something like this, and I begin to listen to rock music, metal music, and then pop rock, and then I quickly switched to uh, Japanese music, like it was uh, anime music and uh, uh, video games music. Mm-hmm. And that's why I decided to, I wanted to do like uh, Japanese music, blah, blah, blah. And then quickly I got into Japanese music in general, not only anime and video games,
0: right. okay. but Japanese
1: music in general.
0: Yeah, so. And then... Uh, oh yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no.
1: no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now like, uh, uh, I would say I really listen to a lot of kind of music. Like when I arrived in Japan, I was working in Baito and stuff. I worked for... Uh, I worked as a bartender for a while uh, for some nightclubs and some in Lopongi. So uh, I be, I become to be more into like, uh, you know, like electric music, dance, pop, and still also mm-hmm. like... Uh, I'm still come from rock music, but still now I can enjoy also a lot about like EDM and and that kind of music. For example, with my metalcore band, we did a cover of a very famous song called Taki Taki,
2: <laughs>
1: like from DJ Snake, like very famous song and stuff. And we did this, uh, we did the same song, but like in a metalcore style. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was really funny to do it because it was our first song we worked on. <laughs> <laughs> Let
0: me see. All right, so you were yeah. you were kind of more into, like, video game music mm. and anime music before really getting into guitar-based music. That's kind of what the gist of what I'm getting from it. And that's pretty interesting, actually, I think. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, kind of like, um, yeah, I, I begin to listen. Um, I always been into video games when I was a kid. And then when I grown up, I, begin to, I, kept, I kept doing that. And then slowly switching to anime. And then, you know, like... You begin to listen to anime song, and then, like as you listen to anime song, it brings you slowly to Japanese music, and then now, like uh, now, I love Japanese music. Like uh, I also love like uh, international music. Like uh, I catch really anything. And as a music producer, I would, I really like to listen to any kind of music and try to also uh, see what makes uh, how to make, for example, a good. Uh, uh, rock music or how to make a good reggae music you know i'm working for a lot of artists like different kind of style like uh, i work for like uh, you know alternative rock uh, bossanova reggae like uh. any people who wants to record who have a project i'm gonna try my best to to bring him the best quality so i try to know to to listen to any kind of music to be able to provide that kind of quality
0: that's amazing so yeah mm-hmm. so who are some of your you know favorite like yes Japanese rock bands
1: wow there are lots there are lots uh, originally like um, before they began to be famous uh, when I I think it was in 2008 I was really um into one okay rock but so yeah they're like kind of one of the main Japanese band right now but like in 2008, like I was feeling so weird because like I was listening to this to their song and I was trying to make other people to listen and they were making fun of me. And then like last time I went to France, I met my old friends, and they were listening to One Ok Rock and I was like, "What the fuck, guys? Like ten years ago I was like listening to that and now you're listening and you're like, like, yeah, it's cool.' Ten years, you know? They were laughing at me because I was listening that music." and now okay yeah actually it's cool so yeah fair enough yeah but fair enough like they really switched to something a bit more pop recently uh but i still like it um but lo- a lot of bands like uh, Coldrain, crossface Sim, fear and loving in las vegas uh like all the stuff you all all the rock music the japanese rock scene i really like and i always try to listen to other stuff i listen also to a lot of uh, under, underground stuff and also to a lot of metalcore stuff. So, yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> That's great. All right. So could you tell me a little bit about your band, Ask I Fall, right? Ask I Fall. Uh, I, I ask,
1: ask I Fall, yes.
0: Okay. So could you tell me a little bit about your well, band? Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, well, sure. Like, uh, I joined the band, like, uh, two years ago. We struggled with... uh. With finding the right members to make the project, and like uh, it's been two years, and uh, and um, yeah, like it, it's been at least like so. One year ago, we released our cover of uh, Taki, Taki and mm-hmm. and then like we produced very quickly. We produced like a one mini album that we are releasing right now. We release like one song every two weeks to keep people get interested into us. And yeah, it's the coronavirus right now, so we cannot uh, even if we do promotion, like we cannot bring people to concert, which is what we really want to. So we try to keep this album and try to make it, like, make people to get, keep interesting into us for like a while by releasing the mini album, like one song every two weeks. And uh, yeah, and also like this, it gives us like five more five chance to to make people to listen to our music and. Um, yeah, like um, we, we, we 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 produced this um, this mini album, and then like um, uh, we lost our guitarist. He left the band, and then like uh, we tried to find another guitarist. Uh, I did, I, I'm also a guitarist, and I can play metalcore guitar and stuff. But I, I always wanted to be bassist in a metalcore band. Like uh, I like to play guitar in other projects, but for metalcore band, I prefer to be on the bass. Like. Uh, Easier, easier to play. And what I like in the metalcore is like I can jump everywhere. So,
2: <laughs>
1: like um, yeah, yeah. So, so we lost the guitarist and we tried to find other guitarists. We couldn't find. Then we found um, a live guitar, like a session number session member, to play like, uh, one yeah. concert, like last month. Uh, we, had, we had the opportunity to play a concert during the coronavirus and we were like, okay, let's try, it, can be, it could be fun. Wow. So we did it and it was actually pretty good. it was really fun and uh, it was really, really weird to play under those conditions, you know, like you play on stage and all the audience are like one meter away from each other. And, right. you know, you play, you try to set the fire, you know, because it's metal current still and people try to move by <laughs> themselves but they cannot, you know, like, party let's say properly so it was a really weird mood but uh we had fun at least and we wanted to have a little bit of experience before doing a proper release party mm-hmm. for our mini album so right. it was good in this point uh we okay. we grown up a lot from this live and uh now we're ready we're ready for our release party
0: <laughs> great so could you tell me what the name of the mini album is? uh
1: it's called chroma c h r like chroma, like a chromastasia, C H C H R O M A, and the main single of this uh, album is uh, chromastasia. Okay, so the name is chroma.
0: Could you explain why you chose the name chroma?
1: Um, like the um, so basically like chromastasia, we decided to to do this song single. So we shot music video and stuff. We released like this week and uh, um and yeah like uh, we decided to as it was the single we wanted people to understand that uh, that it was a single but also if we kept the same name as the single which means comnestasia uh people would think maybe like uh, this is the main song and the other songs are like just supporting the single kind of but we really wanted to to have this idea of hey this is the main song but uh all the songs are kind of equal, you know, it's not like a, this is the song of the album you have to listen like listen to all the songs that why you wanted to have a different name for this uh for the album than for right. uh, from the song. Basically. Right.
0: So the band is all foreigners or are there Japanese members in the band as well? Could you explain a little bit about that?
1: So right now, uh, as I said, like we are still looking for guitarists because our like uh, we don't have any more session member, and uh, now basically the singer is Italian, the drummer is Japanese, and I'm French. So it's international. Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. Like uh, every day, like uh, like uh, yeah, every day, every time we meet, like it's very interesting because like it's a shock of culture, you know, like. Uh, Like, uh, I don't know, already like I'm French, the singer is Italian, you know, we we have like a, it's already pretty different culture, so it's very interesting. And then also Japanese culture is very different, and he's kind of, kind of open-minded, but still very Japanese, and I'm also very French, and the singer is very Italian, so it's very interesting. We have like this mix of culture, this kind of shock, and uh, it's very interesting, like every day when we meet, like a... anything we do like when we meet like you know we can go for just drinking it's already interesting uh yeah we go to practice you know we just talk five minutes it's always always interesting yeah of course. that's very cool
0: so could you talk about maybe like experience of the biggest shock you've had between the three members in the past
1: oh ah, like there's not a the shock like uh in a, a bad way of course it's more like uh just like it's interesting to to know about like other cultures and to see how much we are all different from each other. That's more about that, uh, and to understand that those differences are more from our culture more than our in identity. You know, like uh, the fact that uh, yeah, I'm French, so I don't know. Like uh, I would drink wine, like uh, in the middle of the day. Uh, I don't know the our Italian like uh, you know he's also very Italian like he likes pasta and yeah like uh well and yeah our drummer is very Japanese more on his attitude than how he is but like you know because he speaks English and we also all speak at least a little bit Japanese and yeah like it's it's really funny because like uh, yeah he's really Japanese in his attitude but speaks English so it's like. Altogether, together like it's really interesting sometimes to see the, to see the differences like uh for, for example like yeah the singer and i were european so we're like kind of conflict some sometimes but like not conflict in a bad way like just you know we're talking we're giving our opinions and stuff and for example the drummer is japanese he wouldn't interfere let's say like sometimes we try to give who to ask him if he's uh, uh we ask him to to take a side on our Arguing, let's say, kind of arguing, and he's like, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, and we really feel some that arcade. That's kind of Japanese and stuff, like. But yeah, like that that kind of culture, like, uh, like it's always always very interesting to see those differences, like in inside of our band, because, you know, like, we are all going to the same direction. We all want to bring the band as far as we want as we can. And uh, yeah, and like seeing also like uh uh going through and going over our cultural differences is very interesting on an everyday basis.
0: So Zach, could you tell me a little bit about what made you want to come to Japan in the first place?
1: Uh, originally, I directly wanted to be a music producer in Japan. That was my goal. I was already doing that in France and uh, I was happy about what I was doing in France, especially like it was finally uh, working, you know, things were working finally, like uh, after all the struggle, you know, finally, OK, it's working. And like, I should have stayed maybe because, uh, like, as I said, going going to Japan is like you lose all your network and you like uh, all the potential clients and stuff. And also completely like a different way of life, different language that I didn't master at all at this time. So everything together, like was really hard to... To manage and yeah of course like also like i was young i wanted to i was in a new country i was more into like everything and like you know like when you're in a new country and you don't speak the language like anything you want to do like takes you way much more effort than uh, if you do it in your own country you know like just going to to a shop to buy like a, i don't know like milk. you know it's so much easier to do it in france i don't need to think about anything like in japan if you want to do that and you don't speak japanese you know you have to go to the to the cashier. they're gonna talk to you and you don't understand so it it, it demands you more effort you know but um yeah just very easy example to show you so like this already is way much di- more difficult in japan because especially if they don't speak japan- english so you know you don't even imagine like how is it to like make a studio for example or make a band or plan to book a show or something like this It's like a big mess for uh, it was a big mess when I came back. So of course, like the difficulty was uh, um, making me going very slow. But then, uh, then like yeah, I think it was three or three years ago. I decided to to go back to my dream, and uh, I worked hard to learn more, also to to improve a lot about the quality of what I'm doing as a music producer. Um, so like to save money, to buy the apartment and uh, and make the studio also. And all together, like, yeah, I was having like a two jobs sometimes. Uh, yeah, to make this happen. So now I'm finally happy. Well, it's a bit uh, hard because right now, like because of the coronavirus, um, yeah, like I lost a lot of work. But still, it's still OK for me. Like at least I can kind of survive. Um, but still, like uh, I, I had to, to how do you say? I had to lower my rate to be sure to have more clients because I prefer to have more clients and work for cheap than uh, having only a few clients, getting the same money but having a few clients. I prefer to work a lot because I love to do music, so it's my patience. So I prefer to have a lot of clients on working for cheap, and then having the same money but less clients. I want to work. I want to keep working and improving my skills also even if i feel i'm already happy about what i can do but i you know you can always go like to this one person more higher you know so that's what uh, that's what i'm trying to go right now right
0: all right so could you tell me about what are some of your best experiences in japan so far
1: oh yeah i have one very interesting experience actually like uh it was uh, last march Uh, Like end of February, beginning of March, uh, one of my close friends, like I used to work in an Irish pub in Tokyo, like I arrived in Japan as a baito. And I worked there like for one year and I really loved uh, my manager and he was a bit crazy Japanese. Like, for example, he was calling me like a French bitch as a joke, like just bitch all the time. Like in front of of customers, like, hey, bitch the glasses and stuff you know like that he was very very but like in a funny way like not in a not in a disrespecting way you know like he was studying really doing that kind of stuff i really i really loved him and stuff and uh, he said yeah sorry i'm gonna go back to nagoya blah 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 and then he decided to go back to nagoya and i said okay so um he was supposed to open his irish pub in nagoya that's the goal that's why he went back to nagoya and it was like four years ago if you count. so I waited on stuff, and then, like, suddenly one day on Facebook, like, middle of February, he said, "Hey, I'm opening my pub in Nagoya, blah blah blah." And I always uh, swear to myself, when he's gonna open his pub in Nagoya, I'm gonna go to Nagoya by bicycle. That was a, that was a joke I made by myself because I always wanted to do like a, a bicycle trip because some of my friends did that. They went from uh, all over Europe by bicycle. And I was like, yeah, I can do it, if they can do it. So it gave me the courage to do it. So last February, like uh, he had his uh, opening party. So I took my bicycle and I left Tokyo to Nagoya. And I went all the way there by bicycle. And it was very, very crazy experience Uh, because it was like 350 kilometers. I did that in like four days. Was like yeah 70 70 or 80 kilometers a day and it was really really uh difficult and also like i was kind of uh i used to work as bartender before so I'm kind of alcoholic so every night i was going to drink in all the places i go and then i i wake up with the hangover and i have 80 kilometers to my bicycle but i could i could try it out to arrive to nagoya on time and yeah, like uh, the way by itself, it was not that much um, that much crazy, uh, that much crazy experience, let's say. But the fact of how I was feeling after that, because uh, I felt after this like, okay, like, you know, you, all the people I told this story, they were like, you're crazy, you will never be able to. I was like, why? And then I did it. So, it, it, you know, I had a lot of I got a lot of confidence from this experience and I said like, OK, I can do anything in the world. Like, because, you know, of course, it's like, OK, you have to do 400 kilometers by bicycle. You feel like nah, it's not possible and stuff. But then if you divide by, I don't know, like four, it's just like 100 kilometers a day. So everything is possible if you do like a small uh small stuff every day i don't know for example you want to lose weight yeah you can lose 100 kilograms if you want to lose one kilo uh, but it's just like how much effort you're gonna take and you know if you do effort for like i don't know one month two months one year you're gonna lose you're gonna feel happy at the end so it gave me like a lot of uh, confidence and uh, yeah and happiness from this experience so it was the biggest experience i had in japan i think
0: that's a crazy story all right so talking about japan what's maybe like the biggest culture shock
1: that you've had while you've been living here um uh, for me the first culture shock like as i said i'm i wouldn't say stupid but i'm not very planning stuff correctly when i plan stuff um like i, I like to get uh, surprised so i don't like to i don't know for example if you tell me like uh, let's go to this amazing beach i'm not gonna try to check on internet how the beach like, you know, I just want to discover on the time. So I want to discover, I like that kind of stuff. So I didn't check that much about Japan. I knew I love Japan. I knew I love the culture, the manga and stuff. And I didn't check anything except that, you know, like the tatemai, the anything. Like uh, when I arrived, the biggest shock for me was, uh, I was at the airport and I just talked in English to someone. And they could like to someone in the information center. And they couldn't even reply to me properly in English like, wow, you're at the number one place where you're supposed to be perfect in English anywhere in the country. And they couldn't, like, n- almost not at all, you know, like she was trying to reply to me in Japanese and I had to sort it out what she wanted to tell me and stuff. Like, wow, okay. So it was really, for me, that was the biggest cultural shock. Like the fact that they, most of the people I meet couldn't speak Japanese. Uh, English, sorry. <laughs>
0: Alright, so, in general, could you name maybe what is your favorite thing here
1: in Japan? Um, uh, well, music. Uh, I would say either music or social culture. Um, like, music, for, of course, it's logical because I love music, but maybe... Uh, yeah, social culture, I really like the... the, the way... Japanese are kind of, about um, the politeness, the respect, and, uh, yeah, all together, like, uh, I really like it, and I really like the, um, yeah, the drinking culture, I really like to drink with Japanese people, you know, sometimes they really go crazy and stuff, and, I mean, like, for example, like, uh, in Japan, it's, it almost never happened, like, I used to work in Lopongi like, for two years, and, uh, in Japan, it almost never happened that the Japanese people get completely fucked up and begin to fight with people, you know. In France, like, it's kind of something normal you see in bars, like, uh, you know, it's 1am, uh, you're pretty sure, like, someone's gonna probably try to fight with someone, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, in Japan, like, uh, it almost never happens, and... Uh. Oh, yeah, but the security, how safe it is in Japan, too, yeah. Very cool. I mean, like, if I have a, a I don't know, a, a, I'm with a girl. I don't know. It's like uh, 2 a.m. going back alone. Like, I wouldn't care. But like in France, I would never let a girl alone, no matter like uh, how, what age or how how she wear or whatever. Like, I wouldn't let her al- back alone because you never know what can happen at this time. But in Japan, like uh, you know, 2 a.m. nothing gonna happen. <laughs> like, yeah. of course.
0: All right, Zach. So just about to wrap up the interview again. We had Zach from Ask I Fall. Zach, if you could just take a minute to remind everyone about your band and your other stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. So basically, if you guys want to record a song or have a mix master or whatever, like uh, no matter your budget, uh, you can try to contact me or contact me via the studio. My name is uh, Zach Hero on Facebook. Uh, My studio is Fux Cartel Japan, F U X. Space cartel, C-A-R-T-E-L, space, Japan, and my band is called Ask I Fall, we are releasing right now one song every two weeks, and uh, that's metalcore music, so if you like metalcore, try to check it out, if you don't like it, try to check it out, you never know, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let me know what you think, if you like it or if you don't like it, so let me know, it's still good to have other other sites. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you for your invitation, yeah, by the absolutely.
0: way. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on here today, Zach. It was a great time talking today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Pleasure.
0: Again, that was my interview with Zach Hero of Ask I Fall, A S K I F A L L, and recording and mixing producer at Fuchs. Cartel Japan. F U X C A R T E L Japan. That's going to do it for another episode of the Gotham 2 Tokyo podcast. As always, I am your host, Tony, and I thank you all for listening and hope you join again next week. You can find the podcast on Spotify as well as SoundCloud, Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast, as well as on Instagram, Gotham2Tokyo. To as well as Messina Records at Messina Records on Instagram. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope to see you again next week.